Well, hey, great thinkers. I am super excited for today's episode on the Think Great Experience. We have Carrie Switala. She is the Chief Creative Officer and Visionary for Wild Fig Marketing. Carrie, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. You know, I've, I've had the opportunity. I've known Carrie for many years. Uh, we've actually shared the stage in different uh, events, and I've always been fascinated to hear from her. So professional, so passionate, so articulate on the message that she has for that audience. Carrie, can you just tell us a little bit about Wild Fig Marketing and, and your role with them sure. as the owner? Yeah, sure. So uh, my role is really as kind of the, the visionary for it for our organization, but also um, I'm mainly in charge of strategy. So um, helping uh, our clients, we work with both B2B and B2C clients. So understanding kind of what, you know, who they're trying to market to and what products or services they're trying to market to. And more importantly, like what sets them apart, um, sure. what makes them different, because we know it's a pretty competitive marketplace. And then yeah. uh, finding the right plan, the right tools to help them um, achieve those goals. So that's my role is to kind of uncover that strategy and, and absolutely love playing in that space. Talk about the <laughs> strategy has certainly shifted in the last 12 months. <clears throat> it's not business as usual right now. No, <laughs> not at all. How, let me ask you a question. <clears throat> as we're talking about challenges and how to overcome them, you know, you know, these are all steps to greatness. But the last 12 months have been filled with, well, We'll just sum it up with COVID-19. We'll talk right. about all the nuances later, but how has COVID-19 impacted your business? You know, I know teamwork is important for you. Okay. I know that, you know, just understanding your business, you feel that your team is an extension of your client's team. Mm -hmm. And so like us, you know, I remember, what was it? March 11th, when the World Health Organization declared a pandemic and all these things you have lined up for the year were postponed, postponed, postponed. Um, how did you guide your team through that? You know, what were some of the things that you did to, to help them during a period of uncertainty? Because we didn't know what was going on. Yeah, you know, so the one thing that was kind of cool about um, before this all happened, our team, uh, we've been really big on just kind of having a flexible work environment. So, you know, yes, there's there's work to be done. And as long as the work is done, we don't we don't necessarily care, you know, what the hours are. So we've sure. got, you know, kids, you know, our um, staff that have young kids. And so obviously that was kind of a big deal where everyone started to have to work from home. Um, but prior to the pandemic, we did allow our team to work remote. Um, on Mondays and Fridays, and then we were in the office for a couple of days. So I think that was the biggest shift is just, you know, first of all, just giving them grace, you know, yeah. knowing that they're now having to, you know, work from home and maybe with, you know, a spouse or, you know, animals, <laughs> three dogs. <laughs> so like trying to keep them quiet <laughs> during the course of the day um, is always a challenge. Uh, and then also with, you know, having kids, you know, kids at home, you know, yeah. we just tried to give them as much grace as possible and just encourage them that, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna work with you. We're gonna see what we can do. Um, and then just trying to stay positive. So that was probably the, the biggest thing just to kind of keep that encouraging message um, out in front of them as much as possible. Well, how helpful was it that your team already had some uh, experience working remote? It was huge. Now I will a, say- Not a lot of teams had that. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 we were definitely set up for that. And the, the one thing I will say that was probably the hardest for, for many of them is most of us are extroverts. Uh, so going from, going from being able to see each other and to then, you know, 
just being able to do Zoom and different things. Um, so we brought, some of the team have brought different ideas to the table. So we started uh, a water cooler uh, chat basically like twice a month and um, our team is actually running it. So it's optional if it works for you to, you know, to be on there. And it's just meant to socialize, just to be like talking about what we would normally talk about in between meetings um, if we were in the office together. And that's been, uh, I think, a huge, uh, huge Just to capture some, some form of normalcy. Right, right. Yeah, I think that's huge. You know, we, there was no way we thought it was going to last this long. No. <laughs> And, and, and I've often said that, you know, as we approach, we're just a couple of days away from the anniversary of, you know, the worldwide pandemic. And, and yes, we're not going out and celebrating that anniversary. Right. But when you look at it as we're a year into this and we've still got some time to go, you know, it's not that on the year anniversary, it just ends. I think we're going into the transition phase. So I always say there's the, the great obstacle and that was COVID-19 kind of wrapped with some civil unrest and an election year unlike anything we've ever seen um, and transitioning a little bit in and out and then the restrictions came back so i think people have just people are tired mm -hmm. and and now i believe based on you know my experiences that we're going into this transition phase where you know everybody's transitioning different i mean you probably see it with all the clients you have that every business has got a different set of procedures for this but I think sometimes the transition phase can be much harder than the actual incident itself. Not that this pandemic wasn't challenging, but with transitions, it can be less formalized. It's just, all right, well, let's get back to some normalcy here, but there's really no guidebook on it. Right, right. You know? And I think that this is the time when leaders really need to be able to communicate a message of forward thinking to their people. You know, I, And I know that goal setting is really critical to you. Mm -hmm. um, how, how have you used goal setting during the pandemic? Because most people I've encountered, and, and I'm a big advocate for set goals, set goals, set goals. I mean, even my first book was goal, the goal formula. So I love goals. But what I find is it's almost human nature to push your goals to the side when there's a challenge. For sure. But we should bring them to the forefront. Right. Well, and I think it, it does, you know, so I would say the first couple of weeks of the pandemic, so we were on target to, um, my husband works with our company part-time yeah. and our goal was to bring him on board full-time uh, last, like last late spring. Okay. And of course, a variety of other things that we were looking to do at that time too. And um, we, we ended up obviously with the pandemic that kind of got, you know, um, pushed to the side. Yeah. And, and we did it for the first couple of weeks just to kind of adjust and get used to like what was happening and, and just really just trying to survive at that time. Um, but then what we found is like, as we got into summer, you know, if we continue to just kind of let this slide and just operate with what was in front of us, we weren't really moving right. forward towards those goals. And so uh, we kind of came together and said, Hey, we've, we're going to set some pretty um, pretty uh, stealthy goals just to kind of reunite the team. And I think it's been really helpful. Uh, we, we report as, you know, like on new clients and sales yeah. where we're at, but we made it like, Hey, here's our mission. Here's our goal that we're going to, you know, we're going to shoot for, uh, we need your help. How can we get there? And I think that that just kind of helped to focus on the positive, yeah. all the other, you know, negative that was happening. And so I think that that's been a, a big game changer for our team and, and we're really close <laughs> to those goals. So, um, yeah, it'll be so I great. Think. It's so great when you get your spouse full time yeah. with you, you yes. know, I mean, talk about a, 
talk about having the benefits of a business working together. Right. Now, when you set these goals with the team, did they have input into the goals too? Did they offer, hey, here's a goal that we should have? Or were they following your goals or were they able to contribute goals you know, on their own too? Yeah, so it was a little bit of both. So one of the things, so we had some revenue goals that we needed to reach knowing like, hey, in order to get you know him on board full-time, we have to hit this revenue, but we also need to retain. So like we need to continue to retain the clients that we have while you know adding on new business. And so that that revenue goal was pretty pretty well established. Yeah. Um, but we kind of went back and talked to them more about, all right, what can we do to to retain the current clients that we have? Like, what ideas do you have? Um, how does this play into our goal? And and really got their feedback. And and I will say it was it was some of the best discussions we've had just because we tried to. Uh, I think you know we've talked about this. I'm a big proponent for learning, and so I do yeah. a lot of a lot of reading, a lot of Audible. And yes, you you know, trying to put yourself in the position of like a client and kind of looking at the the experience or the situation through their eyes. And yeah. it was really fun to see like what came of that, those conversations. And so they definitely did have uh, a say in what, like kind of how we got to that goal and even like what we could do to work as a team to help, you know, to help reach that. I think it just, it what you're doing is just creating that buy-in for the team. Right. And, and I think goals are important all the time. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I've set goals during the worst of times, during the best of times. But there's something about setting them during chaos or crisis or uncertainty. I, I feel like when we set the goal, it's off there in the future. And it, it at least allows us some opportunities to look up from, from this world we live in and just look to a better future. I, I think there's so much mental power with goal setting. Definitely. And the other thing that was kind of cool is, um, did you ever read The Dream Manager? I have not read that one. Kelly, um, no. Great, great book. I actually listened to it on Audible. And it, it's kind of like the whole process of understanding, like if you want to, um, they came at it from kind of like improving retention within their team. Yeah. And how if you, if you help the team understand, like grow personally and professionally, yep. all that can impact. So understanding what their dreams are how that can impact and helping them reach them can impact the company. And so we started that back in the fall uh, where we have kind of a dream manager spreadsheet where we help the team. They determined like what they wanted to focus on for the next kind of like 30, sure. uh, 30, but 30 to 60 days and what their, their dream or their goal was. And it was so fun to report back at the end of the year. Like one wanted to do an ebook, you know, cookbook and, she got it done and she was able to report back on that. And she was, we all, you know, helped her to promote it and we were all super excited about it. So I think that that kind of going back to not just like goals for the company, yeah. also like, what are your personal goals and, and how can we help you to achieve them and hold you accountable as well? I mean, I, I think you've touched down on some, I've been preaching to leaders all around the world that if you really want buy-in on the company goals, get to know your people's goals. Right. You, you know, it's interesting if you don't take an interest in their goals, even if it's a cookbook, which I'm actually interested. I'd like to have a link for that. I'm always up for oh, a for good sure. cookbook. <laughs> um, but it's interesting. We always think that people should be um, so excited about our corporate goals, but then we never ask them about their goals. So I love hearing that because goal setting, goal accomplishing, those are two different things. You know, it's easy to set a goal. It's the accomplishing part that you need to do, but they can be challenging, especially during a pandemic. Right. But I love the fact that you're getting to know your people 
on the level of finding out what motivates them the most. And maybe it isn't a part of, of, of wild fig marketing, but it's a part of their life. And so I think, you know, what I'm hearing is if I were to ask you your greatest asset at wild fig, what would you say? Our team. And that comes out in your actions. And I think that's so important. What I found as a business coach is everybody says the same thing. I said, what's your greatest asset? <clears throat> They'll say our people, our team, but then they don't back it up. Right. It's kind of lip service, but you're not doing that. You're actually encouraging them to set and accomplish goals, especially during this pandemic. Right. I mean, that had to have created higher levels of buy-in and teamwork and enthusiasm and excitement. I mean, I'm getting fired up just hearing that your team set goals. Yeah. <laughs> They're not even my team. <laughs> no, I mean, it's so it's such a simple technique to unify people. Right. Well, the other thing I will say that was pretty um, fun was we we had them set, like if you could and share, like we sent out dream books. So I gave them all um, kind of a, a journal book and then yeah. markers. It was like going back to going back to school um, yeah. and had them like fill out, like write down a hundred dreams that you have. And, and it was interesting because some of them, you know, said, Hey, this was like one of the hardest activities I've ever done. Like I've never really thought about like much beyond like this year or then, you know, the next year. And so then they shared with us, like one of their like biggest dreams. And it was so fun to see like one, um, one of them had talked about, like, I would love to own a bed and breakfast. And then that started a conversation and someone else is like, I really want to do that too. And, and so that part has been really fun too. Like, let's go big and, and extend yeah. like what this looks like. And then from there, they identified kind of what they wanted to work on for the next, you know, for each quarter, basically. I mean, I, I think that everybody listening to this right now should be setting up a time to talk to their people about their dreams, their goals, things that would make their life better. I mean, we've been, we've been in this pandemic for a year now. Uh, it's about a year too long for me right. because like you, I'm an extrovert. So when you're, when you're operating in this, you know, little rectangular stage, you know, it's challenging, even though we've gotten good at it. Right. Um, you know, I, I think that the simple fact of talking about dreams, talking about goals is so critical. We just don't do it enough. Mm -hmm. And I think too many people are just putting it to the back burner. Yeah. And I, and I know Carrie, for you, you're, you have a, probably a lot of mottos, a lot of affirmations you say, but how important has it been to empower your people during this time period? I think really, I mean, it's been really important um, to really focus kind of on their mental health and, and you know, like I said, giving them the grace and, and to yeah. understand that like, hey, things are, things are happening. Just, you know, we had a couple that went through a, we're in a rough patch in their relationship and it was like, yep. take, take the time that you need, you know, sure. we'll, get, we'll get these things done. So I think that um, we, we did a couple other things too that were kind of fun. We have a, a team meeting every week where we do check-ins on just like probably many people do. Yeah. And we added an education moment at the end. And nice. so we take 10 minutes and it, it's round robin. So it starts with, you know, one person one week, then the next person the next week. And they can bring anything that they want into, the, you know, to the education. So it could be sure. on grammar. <laughs> you never know what you're going to learn that day. <laughs> um, <laughs> Or it could be talking about like, um, we had one that talked about uh, gratitude and how to start, you know, how to start your day with gratitude and the impact that can have, especially when you're in um, the pandemic and all the negative sure. noise around us. And so they sent out gift card or uh, note cards to each member of the team, like a little packet. And 
along with some inspirational cards to go inside there and stamps and said, take and send these out to whomever you, you know, you think might need to hear from you. Um, and they loved it. You know, it's just little things like that. It didn't take much, um, but it had a huge impact. And it's, it's, it's more than just a job. And that's what I'm hearing. You know, I think for your team, it's not just showing up every day and getting these things done off a checkbox. You know, you're actually, you're actually causing them to think outside of the box, which probably for a, a, a digital marketing company is huge to begin with, yeah. but I think you got to start with your own people, right? right. <laughs> and, and I know for you, you're kind of one of the, you're like me, the glass is always half full. Right. And, and so have you, have you noticed during the pandemic, you're going back to that kind of phraseology that, that mindset more than you ever got before? Oh, for sure. And, and also having to kind of rally the troops too. I mean, just yeah. not just, you know, our team, but, you know, my husband, um, you know, or, you know, my kids, you know, it's like, and just the people around me, like I turned off the news, I sort of, I stopped watching the news because it was Good like, move. it's just, it just, just kills you. You know, it's like, you just yeah. get into it and, and speaking, you know, to your point about being optimistic and probably overly optimistic at times, like, I, I can't have that much negativity or it, it just drains, drains. It just me. sucks oh, the life out of you. It sure does. <laughs> and I think, you know, it's, it, it does on a normal basis, but right. during the pandemic, we're surrounded by negativity anyways. I, I agree with you. I've had to stop watching the news. It doesn't matter what channel you watch. Uh, it doesn't do anything good for your soul. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, not to mention, if you're watching the news to find truth, you may have turned on the wrong station. It's exactly <clears throat> there's so much confusion out there. Right. So, you know, I, I love a good cliche. I love a good way of saying things that motivate. And yours was interesting. When I asked, you know, what cliche do you like the most? You said, own your magic, walk in your purpose and rock your truth. Never heard that one before. Can you, can you tell me a little bit about why that one means so much to you? I think we all have something, you know, unique to contribute to the world. And I think if you understand, or if you can figure out what that is, you know, what that magic is, and then yeah. work at it every single day to kind of continue to put that, put it out there, um, that good things can happen. And I think yeah. that when you're operating in that space as well, everything else is just that much better. So like people get that sense from you. Uh, you bring that, you know, that light and joy into the you know, relationships. Sure. And so for me, that's really it. like being authentic, understanding kind of what, what's, what unique gift I have, and then making sure to, to use it um, for good. I just like that you have magic, purpose, truth, and, and rocking it. Right. But I mean, what a powerful collection of words that, that maybe we need to use more these days. I, I think that we've been in, it's easy to get stuck in this rut of COVID-19. You know, and I, and I think leaders need to have a way of saying things to their people. And maybe you've even used this cliche, you know, for your own clients, right? Where you've got to express to them, here's a way of rethinking things. Mm -hmm. You know, um, let me, let me ask you this. How, how has your focus shifted during COVID-19 when, when you approach looking for a client now, these are different conversations that we have, mm -hmm. you know, like for me, I've always taught on leading and planning and selling. But now I'm teaching people how to do it through chaos. Right. So you have a lot of competition in your field. Mm -hmm. How are you guys standing out now during the pandemic? You know, as a, as a digital marketing company, what really separates you and your team? And why are clients choosing 
to work with you? Yeah, I think I think part of it is um, kind of the, the trust factor. So we 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 strongly believe in cultivating those relationships. And so we don't want, you know, to work with someone that just needs, you know, help for, you know, 10 days or, or just needs a Hail Mary. Like we're gonna be honest and say, hey, this that's not something we can help with. It's gonna take some time. And if you spend money with us, it's not gonna necessarily be a good investment. So we're really committed to the relationship aspect of it. And I think that that comes out in uh, in our marketing that we do, in our conversations, those sales conversations, uh, we talk about being a trusted partner and extension of your team. And I think yep. that, that that really, we're not here just to get a job done. We're here to help you. So like yep. we throughout this pandemic, um, you know, we had a client who lost 50% of their business overnight. And through that process, you know, where they were one of our biggest clients, we thought, oh, you know, maybe they're going to drop. Um, they decided to innovate. They created a new product that was um, used, you know, to help prevent the spread of COVID. Uh, wow. We were able to help, re, you know, help them name that product, help promote that product. And so it was actually a really cool experience being able to be um, part of their team. We definitely went above and beyond, you know, like what our contract was. Yeah. We wanted to help them succeed. And, and we knew that it would come back around, you know, at some point. And so I think that 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 relationship aspect is really, really key for us. I think during COVID, you kind of find out who's who, you know, during any, right. any chaos, whether it's, you know, us as, as service providers or business leaders, or just leaders in general, team members, vendors, you just find out, you know, who was speaking a good game and who wasn't during all of this. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not the, I like to say the playing field has shifted during COVID, you know, and, now we're going to go into a more blended environment of, yes, we'll do face-to-face, -face, but we're going to do a lot of face-to-face -face and online meetings. And we have to be able to adapt to this, this new, well, I call it the new great era because I don't, I got tired of hearing the new norm early on. <clears throat> so I was like, all right, well, I got to rename this. Yeah. And I like to think that we are going into a great new era. We just have to make mm -hmm. it through this transition, but you brought up a very, very important word, which is trust. And that's hard to find these days. Right. You know, I, I think that leaders need to be trusted, you know, in the workplace with their teams, there needs to be that, that synergy between a team and a leader, but also with our clients. Um, I think that the trust factors is, it's been lost in the, in the shuffle and, and it can be even harder to build on an online platform too. Right. 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 Like we're not together right now. Um, so, so that, that separation can be hard to build trust. So it's interesting that you brought up trust. How important is that to establish so early on when we can't be around each other? Right. It's, it's very important. And I think that's where companies really have had to, you know, you, you talked a little bit ago about like how, how vastly different, you know, our, our world looks like today from, you know, personally and professionally. And I yeah. think the business side, I don't remember what the numbers were off the top of my head, but the amount of money that companies are investing in their online presence, you know, because that's where people are going to shop, right. change behaviors overnight is so important. And then you think about like, okay, all these companies are saying, hey, we're going to go invest. This is the way to go. Now you've got all this com competition, like how do you stand out? And so that's right. I think that the, the cool part about that is that this is really gives companies an opportunity to kind of tell their story and to think about, like what truly does set you apart, you know, or set your team apart yeah. and making sure that that's front and center so that, you know, you, you capture the right people as well, that right. people 
say, hey, that that's something that I want as well. Yep. And I value that that relationship and what, you know, what their company values are. So I think we're going to see kind of a turn in that sense where people, um, it's not just buying from a company, it's buying from a company whose values are aligned with yours. Um, yeah. And that I think is really cool because I, I, I love that piece of it. Yeah, I, I think that this this new great era we're going into, you'll find out who's who. And here's what's interesting. Yes, everybody's invested in all the online technology. And I remember some of our clients, you know, everybody went remote so fast. There was no ramp up time. I think Gallup mentioned that 62% of the workforce was remote by April 20th. You know, so so just about a month after the pandemic, everybody that still had a job was remote. And and that's crazy. Okay. And, and I remember some clients saying, you know, we did it so well, we're probably going to stay remote. And then a few months ago, they started saying, you know, we are having virtual fatigue. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, all right, well, this isn't even over yet. So you really got to set some goals with your team, get them pumped up because we're going to be remote for a little bit longer here. But it's interesting that I think even just after a year, there's this fatigue of being in the remote world. I mean, for me, I don't know about for you, but I'll, I'll tell you my experience. I would go do an all day coaching event. I could do six hours on stage. Now I had to ramp up for that when I first started, but I eventually got to the point where it was just fun. I didn't get tired from it. There was no exhaustion. I remember first starting out <clears throat> with, with these virtual meetings, I, I was exhausted and I'm sitting down. Mm -hmm. It was a complete paradigm shift. You know, so, you know, for me, I had to actually, I had to route my energy into certain areas because I wasn't traveling. Mm -hmm. I didn't have drive time. I wasn't waiting in airports. And so during COVID, I wrote a book and it was all on communication because everybody was saying, oh, we're having trouble communicating. So I'm like, all right, well, let me write this one because I've had this idea, but maybe now's the time. But I know for you, and I think a lot of the great books come out of our personal experiences and you wrote a book. Mm -hmm. And I know you have a goal to write a second one, but can you share a little bit about this moment of greatness for you writing a book and, and you did it during a time period where you were facing some very unique challenges on the home front too. Right. First of all, I, I love the title of your book. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm always, I'm a big one on titles, whether it's a title of mm -hmm. a movie or a title of a book. And I feel like you nailed it. Can you explain living with the lid up? Yes. So I, I have two teenage boys and um, a lot of the, the stories that I share within that, within the book are about, you know, about them and kind of joking about like life, you know, as the sole female in a house of all males and what that's, what that's like. And so uh, the analogy of living with the lid up uh, just really kind of spoke, you know, spoke to that. Sure. Of course, as a side note, my boys were featured on the cover and they were just telling me, um, when we first um, launched the book and they saw the cover, they're like, so do we get a percentage of the proceeds? Because <laughs> I like the way they're, I like the way they're thinking. Yeah. And I said, uh, no, this is your payment to me for all of the like pain and hardship that you've caused me over the years. So this is That's your, right. this is your payment. The perfect. The perfect mom comeback. They're like, yeah, dang exactly. it. We didn't see that one coming. <laughs> yeah. So, so the book is really truly about, um, taking, I've been a storyteller all my life. And so I love to be able to communicate and connect with people over stories. Cause you find that like, once there's that common, once you find that commonality, all of a sudden that relationship, you know, kind of gets started and, yeah. and people remember that. And so, um, I just couldn't figure out how that all tied. I wanted to tie it back into business. And 
I, I started thinking about how, how we communicate. And so, you know, people communicate by often telling stories, kind of going back to like That's the right. era. And so this book is all about like personal stories, things that have happened to me. And then I tie it back into, um, into business lessons, like how I've applied this to, to my yeah. business professional career and how to building, you know, on building relationships. And so, um, the whole, the whole point of it is that to show you how, um, our personal and professional lives are blended, <laughs> you know, they're not kept separate. And so the importance of being able to kind of share more about who you are as a person in your relationships, um, whether it's personally or professionally, how that can impact your success um, and, and how to do that. I mean, that's a huge goal to write a book. I mean, again, I think that when you, when you set the goal of writing a book, accomplishing it can seem a little daunting. For sure. And, and here's what I found out, you know, I've, I've, I've written a number of books and people often come up and I don't know, once you've written a book, maybe you've experienced this, people share with you that I'd like to write a book too. Mm -hmm. And you find out there's a lot of soon to be authors out there. Yes. Um, how did you get into the mindset to take everything that was up here and actually get it into a format where you could tell your stories, people could understand it. How was that process for you? Yeah. So, well, first of all, the, the, I think the motivation was probably the biggest thing and you kind of alluded to that. So um, before I had been planning on writing a book and I kept saying like, when I get enough time, like when I have spare time, which, you know, as an entrepreneur, doesn't happen very often, um, unless right. you make it happen. And, and uh, unfortunately my our boys, boys were in an ATV crash and my oldest was severely injured and uh, close, you know, life, life and death kind of situation. And it was one of those things that I, I just remember sitting, we were in the hospital room and I'm, I'm looking at him and thinking like, today could have ended so much different. And I'm so thankful that it went this, you know, that it went this way. Um, and, you know, as much it is, as it is cliche, it's like, you never know when, you know, the next day is your last day. And, right. and I just decided at that point, like no more waiting. I had this goal and I actually wrote the first chapter while sitting in the, you know, in the hospital room with him. And I just made that commitment. And I said, I'm going to get this done by, you know, within six months. Wow. And, and it was, it was interesting because so often throughout that process, you know, you have your self-talk that happens like, oh, but I'm so busy or, oh, I have to do all this extra time. And uh, even had a friend that said, you know, Carrie, don't push yourself. Like just if, if you need to push it out, no one, no one else is going to know. And I'm like, but I don't know. And That's this right. Is my, this is my goal. And so being able, having that motivation really kind of directed like the rest of it. So it was yeah. like, it's going to happen. Um, Isn't it interesting that sometimes our own friends might be what I consider kind of an average relationship. And I don't mean that they're not great friends, right. but they accept our excuses. In right. fact, they'll find them for you. And then justify it where you're like, well, you know, you had a lot going on. Your son has been injured. Um, you're running a business. It's okay. Yeah. So how did you, how did you push through that? Because I know right now there are a lot of people listening that want to write a book, mm -hmm. um, probably more than we'll ever know. But I would like to say that COVID-19 is one of those challenges that we have to push through. Right. And you push through a health issue. I know for me, anytime my wife is encountered cancer or cardiac arrest, or there was those moments where you think you never know what could have happened, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it could have been different. 
I use that to motivate me right. to, to write my books. But what kept you going? Because you had the first chapter, but then, you know, that journey was going to be six months later. You have a lot of that self-talk. What did you continue to tap into to keep taking that pen to paper or well, metaphorically, because you probably did it on a computer, <laughs> but how did you keep going for six months to see this yeah. through to the end? What did you think about? Um, I think part of it was, was putting it out there. So I, not only did I say I was going to do this, I put it out on, on Facebook um, and said, Hey, I'm writing this book. I'm going to have, you know, it'll be launching in, you know, this year or this at this time. And just because I like, I committed to myself and then I put it out there and then continued to kind of talk about it. People would, people would bring up to me like, Oh, how's it going? And it was, it, it kept, um, it kind of kept the message out in front of other people that were like kind of cheering me on along the way. That's right. And, and I committed to saying, all right, I'm going to spend at least, you know, three to four hours a week, you wow. know, writing and, and I have to hit, hit that minimum and whether it's in one chunk or in a couple, you know, a couple days, but that I think was probably the biggest thing was people were just cheering me on and asking me how it was going. And it was like, all right, now I've got, I've got a team to help me get this done. You put your own feet to the fire by announcing it. Right. And you know, what I talk about in every single one of my books, I intertwine goals because leaders mm -hmm. have goals. Salespeople have goals. When you do strategic planning, there's goals. Blah, blah, blah. I even wrote a weight loss book and it has goals. I, I mean, everything revolves around goals. And here's what I found out. What you said reminds me of when I was in boot camp. I know you're wondering, like, wh where is he going with this? <laughs> boot camp was chaotic. It was just, right. it was, it was off the charts. And they told us our date. They said, if you make it out of my boot camp, you know, um, if you pass every test, you'll graduate on November 13th, 1987. And I remember taking that date and writing letters home saying, I'm going to, not I might, but I'm going to graduate on this date. And I mailed them. And I remember the feeling, maybe you did it when you posted it on social too. I remember the feeling when I closed the mailbox lid saying, uh-oh, I just committed to graduating on November 13th. And then, and I love this part about goal setting, people started writing back saying, we're going to be there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I really got to do it now. Pressure's on. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh shoot. Maybe I shouldn't have said anything, but, but I, I'm saying maybe we should say it more. Mm -hmm. Like if you have a goal, announce the goal and the timeline. I think those two components are absolutely huge. Definitely. Yeah. And, and like you said, I mean, the right people will kind of show up to help cheer you along too. And I think just, isn't that you, the truth? If nothing else, you don't want to let anybody down and, and not that That's anyone right. would have gone um, and said, oh my gosh, Gary, you said you would, you were going to get this book done on this date you know, and you, you know, you haven't gotten it done, but just knowing that I had committed to that and that I, I do care what people think about, you know, me from that perspective. Right. Yeah. And, and if I want to be a, a leader and, and set these goals for my team and for other people, I need to be held accountable for it too. That's correct. I, I think, I think that is such a powerful word, accountability, especially that personal accountability. I, I feel the same way you do. If I announce it, I feel obligated to achieve it. Right. And that was how I was with my book, The Communication Movement. I put it out there. I remember Gina saying, oh, you just put it out there. You got to get it done. Yeah. But it does, it, it allows you to attract people that sometimes come out of the woodwork to say, how's it coming? Right. Some people might even say, what do you need? Or, the, or that one motivation saying, I can't wait to read that. 
Exactly. And then I started thinking, well, I can't wait to read it either. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. Let me let me ask you this. Accomplishing a goal like that, mm-hmm. there's so much personal input. There's so much of your own emotions going into a book like that. What did it feel like when you accomplished it? When when it was finished, how did that feel? Oh, I like, so, you know, going through the, once you write it is step one, <laughs> then you right. have the editing process and then That's the other correct. editing process and, and all the rest of it. But I'll, I'll never forget. It was, I don't remember the exact date, but it was in November and I had just finished up like the last um, chapter and yeah. like hitting that send button, send button and sending it off to my, my editor. I was like, I can't believe it. Like I very did, surreal. Yeah. So surreal. And like, I rode that high for, you know, weeks on end. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was so cool. And like, if nothing else comes of this, if I don't sell one book, I don't, I don't even care because I had a goal. I had, you know, a mission and I accomplished it. Like that was, that was it for me. So it yeah. granted, I did want to sell a few books as well, but I, I I'm with you on that. I get it. I mean, for me, you know, selling the books is one thing. It's when you get some feedback about it. You know, and, sure. and since, you know, with these book distribution channels that are out there, anybody can order it anywhere in the world. It's interesting when you start getting feedback that people will say, I needed this right now, or this yeah. helped me out. How, how did the feedback help motivate you? You know, you got some feedback on your book because I know you did. Yeah. Does that motivate you to go, I'm, I'm ready to write that second one now? Definitely. It, it actually motivated, motivated me faster than I, than I thought it was going to be because I kept saying like, I mean, it was a lot, it, it was a lot of work. Um, yeah. It was fun. And, but I think also having gone through that experience once, like you have a better sense of like what's coming, you know, and yeah. like all that. Oh, yeah. So it's like, I've done this before. Like it's not as, you know, it's a big deal, but it's not as big of a deal as it was the first time. So um, the feedback though, for me is like, and how, you know, people applied it. You know, I still remember one of our, our neighbors up the lake, she's a good friend of ours. And and she she read it and she said, you know, it's interesting. I never thought about how much her role had changed at her company. And she was now just kind of more like an internal rep versus like she used to deal with the customers. Sure. And now she's kind of more of an order taker yeah. versus like helping them figure out what they needed. And, and she said, I, I brought this book into my boss and said, hey, we need, I need to have that connection with the customer. I want to be wow. able to have that conversation with them because I think that that's going to help our relationship and I'm missing that and it was like just something that I don't know feedback like that that just definitely helps motivate you like hey I'm on the right path and I made it on that one person even if it's only one person that's enough so I mean exactly I think that I mean you're an impact player too I know for you you know your your goals involve impacting others I mean, your goals even impact animals. Is that correct? Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, so you're not just, I mean, you know, I've got to take my game up a notch because my goals are pretty much involved people, but yours are people and animals. Can you, can you just tell us a little bit about that focus you have for our, our furry friends? Yes. Or maybe some that don't have fur, but I'm, I'm yeah. just summing it up. But you no have a passion for helping, <laughs> you have a passion for animals. I do. I do. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I've always been, you know, a huge animal lover. My dad was the same way. Like I, I joked that he could like talk to animals because he would, you know, he kind of had that Dr. Doolittle type, sure. you know, like any dog or, or animal that was around him was just, you know, um, 
kind of kindred spirit with him, but yeah. um, I'm a big, big believer in, in helping with the rescues and the organizations out there. So, unfortunately, uh, our team is as well. So it's been kind of fun. Um, we do typically have like one or two nonprofits that we sponsor every year and, and we get involved and find out what we can do to help them from a marketing standpoint, but also driving you know, revenue sure. fundraising for them. So um, our most recent one is, is such a cool thing. It's called the Top Dog Foundation. And they actually help um, pair um, elderly uh, dogs that have been, that need to be rehomed, um, that have been, you know, given up for whatever reason with elderly people. And just the coolest like combination. So I mean, you're actually helping animals and people at the same time. I mean, yeah. you did the combo, the combo yeah, goal. Exactly, exactly. So anytime we can get involved with, you know, organizations like that, that are going to, you know, make an impact. Um, that's, that's right up my alley. L let me ask you this. You touched down on something everywhere I've ever worked, whether mm -hmm. I was running the company, a member of the company, have my own company, having these shared goals as a team, right outside of the business. So, you know, helping animals, it's much bigger than wild fig. Am I right. correct? Right. So, so, and like for us, we have our own foundation. We award scholarships to military spouses. It's much bigger than Think Great. Um, but it unifies us to work on some things together outside of the business world. How important is it for somebody listening right now that has a business, maybe they're a leader in that business, to unify their teams through outreach programs? Is that critical right now, especially? Definitely. And, and I think it's, it's, so this time we did something a little bit different. We had each um, member of the team actually submit you know, a couple different organizations that really meant a lot to them. And then we also reached out to our client base and to our connections and asked them for, you know, feedback on organizations that they could really use some help yeah. and engage them in that process. And then our team got to pick, we brought them all in together. Our team got to pick like who they wanted to, to donate to and what that yeah. looked like. And it was fun to see like all of the creative ideas that they came up with and and how excited we were with like every donation that came in we we're like yes we're making you know we're making an impact right. um so <clears throat> i think being able to do it as a team from start to finish was yeah. a cool process I, I think right now i think there's probably a lot of people listening saying i need to have some sort of outreach goal with our team right. you know we did a lot with the world of cancer fighting cancer mm -hmm. we did the relay for life and even at the media company in California, we had, we created our own team and some of our team members came out and walked the track all night. Mm -hmm. um, there's something about doing some things outside of the business that unify you in the business. Would, would that be accurate to say that your team is more unified by doing other things rather than just digital marketing, right? Oh, for sure. I think, and just that common, like, like you said, I mean, doing something together. And it's interesting that you say the Relay for Life because that, that was my, my, career path in a, in a former life. So, yeah. um, I have a lot of passion, you know, for that as well, but yeah, I think just bringing people together for, you know, the greater good and having that right. experience together and those feelings that they, that they go through, um, during that experience, I think is something that, you know, in terms of building relationships, it's so key and just yeah. to really kind of, um, connect better, connect the team as well. And I know for you right now, you know, guiding your team through this, you know, we're all going to come out better on the other side. Right. But as, as leaders in business, I think it's important that we have specific traits that we adhere to maybe identify. And I know for you, a leadership trait that really stands out uh, is humility. Mm -hmm. And, and how have you tapped into that during this time period? What has that meant to you 
during the pandemic and all the transitions that are happening and the chaos, why is that so important for you to have that ability to be humble or have humility? Yeah, I think I think partly because, you know, we're all human, right? And people do pe- business with people, um, not with companies. And I think just, you know, being vulnerable, being able to kind of yeah. to have that those frank conversations versus to be like, oh, everything's great. Well, you know, it it wasn't great for a while there. And That's I right. think being able to um to to feel comfortable with sharing that and like, hey, here's here's where we're at, here's where we're gonna go. Yep. Um, or like, hey, we you know, something's got screwed up. Um, I'm queen of being <laughs> the first to admit like, hey, that that's on me. I should have clearly communicated that. Sure. <clears throat> um, and I think that the team making them, you know, being humble and um, showing that humility to them and, and being able to like take, you know, the, not the blame, but like sure. uh, accountability for my actions also helps them to see like, hey, it's okay to fail. It's okay that, you know, we tried this and it didn't work. Um, that's all right. We learned something from it. And that's the most important piece of it. And so I think that human aspect, like we all need a little bit more human, you know, put back. I in. agree. <clears throat> I, I completely agree. But I think like, you know, what you're touching down on is so important because during this whole pandemic, the transition coming up, if you don't exhibit humility, it's going to be hard to say, I just don't know. I don't have the answer for that. Right. Um, you know, You know, a year ago, we had all the answers. We knew what we were doing. It was business as usual. And now it's business as unusual. <laughs> it's right. like, you have to tell your teams, I don't know about this. I, I'm not sure. I mean, how many times have we waited to see what's the next executive order coming out in, in order to guide something? So I think humility, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's so important that our teams know that, that we're still human beings. We don't have all the answers. No. You know, well, let me, let me ask you this. Um, I know you're going to write a second book. Mm-hmm. I know goals are important to you. Is there anything that you can share with us about this second book? And you don't have to give away any secrets, titles. Maybe do you have a do you have a time frame when you're looking to have it written? Yep, I put my six month goal back on, which which is a little bit more um, challenging with this one because it's it's not uh, it's not similar. It's somewhat similar to my first book, but it's really on. Um, like I said, kind of putting the human back into business. So yeah. helping helping uh, businesses figure out how to humanize their brand. You know, so the importance of um, kind of pulling back the curtain and yeah. and sharing um, and highlighting you know your team members and the value that they bring you know to, wow. to your business. And so it's it's something I'm super passionate about. I've I've probably been mulling it over since I finished the last book, just trying to figure out how that all kind of ties back together. And it was really like that humanizing your brand. And I feel like now more than ever, uh, like I, I think before, that's needed. It is. I and think it's needed. It's, it's how, it's how we're going to do business going forward and having that human connection is so yeah. important. And so helping companies figure out how to establish that, um, what does that look like? And so it'll be more of a, um, more focused kind of intensely on, on business. So marketing professionals, business owners, et cetera, and um, it'll have kind of more of the philosophy behind it, but also very, very tactical. Like, here's how you can do it, you know, on social media. So now, now, even though you don't have to share it, do you already have a title for this one? No. <laughs> okay, that's all right. I take a long time on the titles too. I think oh, they're so one, critical. Yeah, this one's got me. Uh, 
I, it's, it's just been like circulating and circulating. And I, I think that means the content of the book is powerful then, you know, when you, yeah. when, when there's so much great content, you're like, all right, this could be, no, I can't. Okay. I'll wait, this one. Yeah. And it's, now here's it's, what's funny. When I looked up your book, living with the lid up, I'm like, that's an interesting title. Then I saw the cover with two teenage boys on there. I said, all right, I get what she's talking about. No. I get it. Well, I, I'm sure that this book is going to be not only helpful for people, but extremely relevant as, as some of the distancing, the remote working is still going to be there. We need to humanize more. You know, right. it's interesting. I work with a lot of HR people and, and we tend to refer to them as HR. And we don't even really go back to say, this is human resources. Right. We've almost removed people from the scenario mm-hmm. and the digital presence, you know, from a, from a, um, you know, Zoom or go to webinar um, we need to have that people side put back in. So I, I'm excited. Count me in for a copy of your book. I'll read that. I would love to read that. And are you saying it's six months from when? Oh, so six months from uh, February, February 1st. So August, your book will be out in August. It'll be done. Ish? It'll be done-ish I understand. Um, and headed to the editing process. So I, I committed to getting it written and then to my editor um, by then. So so, so let me, let me say this. I know that part of your philosophy at, at Wild Fig Marketing is that every company has a story that needs to be told. Right. And so can you just explain why you chose that as a motto for how you do business? What do you mean by that? Yeah, I think uh, kind of like going back to the whole, like own your magic, walk in your purpose. I think that yep. every company has something that is, you know, a unique um trait or personality or deliverable that they um, that they bring into the marketplace and, and making sure that they understand what that is. So like, why do your customers choose to work with you? You know, and have you asked them that question? Yeah. And then making sure that once you understand that, that that's the information that you're putting front and center, you know, on your, on, you know, online messages, yeah. on website, et cetera. So I think, um, and I also love knowing the story behind a company, you know, whether it's, Hey, I, you know, I grew up in this, this field, or I wanted to challenge myself and learn a new skill or whatever, whatever it might be. I love knowing like what their story is. And I think that if you're, um, it's, it's important for your customers and your prospects to know your story, but it's even more important for your employees to know your story. Exactly. Right. You know, like how you came to be. And, and I think that that, um, that is probably the one of the most powerful things that a company can do is to make sure that they share, especially if they've been in business a long time. Like to go back, like, did you know this is? It's their know, heritage. Yeah, and it's it heritage. Helps, it helps create you know better buy-in. Yeah. perspective too. Like, wow, I didn't know. You know, I didn't know that. Or like, That's here's right. kind of philosophy behind starting the business. I have this idea that when, when I work with businesses, that that they need to look at their identity. So that part of mm-hmm. that is their story, their history, their heritage. I, I've often told them and encouraged them. It's not what you do, and that's as important as who you are. Right. Because chances are your clients have competitors out there that do mm-hmm. the same things that they do. So you actually help right. find the essence of who they are. Exactly. So Carrie, I know that there's people listening right now that are probably like, I not only do I need to order your book, I need to get on a waiting list for the next book, but I need to talk to you about our story. How do people get a hold of you? How can they find you? Yeah. So I'm um, going to our website, um, wildfigmarketing.com. Um, or on Facebook and LinkedIn, we're very active there as well. So um, reaching out to us, we, we do lots of different free evaluations to help um, help with companies that are just trying to figure out kind of what they should do or what's that next step to help them awesome. uh, reach their goals. And I think 
with COVID, unfortunately, we've, we've seen um, a lot of shows, trade shows, <laughs> events, as yes. you well know, that are canceled. And so a lot of businesses have been reaching out to us lately because they're, they're struggling like, hey, we've always done like this home show or we've always had this sure. event. Now what? And so helping yep. them kind of figure out what that new strategy looks like and, and also <laughs> to your point, kind of calming them like, hey, we can figure this out. There's other ways to make it happen. That's right. Um, that's, that's been a big thing, a big uh, theme that we've heard recently from a lot of people reaching out to us. I mean, I, you know, I think one thing I've gotten out of this discussion here is just how connected you are with who your client is and, and people looking for a digital marketing extension of their team. They really need that. I, I think now more than ever, especially with your focus on, you know, identifying their story, getting their story out there, bringing the human side back into their brand. Mm -hmm. If you have somebody listening right now that's just saying, you know, I want to achieve some greatness in my life. Do you have any, any final thoughts on, you know, mindset or ways that they should be thinking or just some tips for people that are looking to achieve greatness in their life, just like you have? Yeah, I think um, kind of a routine. So I, uh, and like I said before, a big reader. So the Miracle Morning Routine was a, a very interesting book for me, just having that, like making sure that you're taking care of yourself. Um, like they say, you know, putting on the oxygen mask on you before, you know, yep. you're when you're on the flight. Yeah. I think that that self-care and um, taking that time and, and not feeling guilty about taking that time is is really, truly important for um, for your personal and professional well-being. That's and so right. I think that that for me, like, getting that routine going. So I, I exercise, I meditate, um, I do visualization every morning. And um, it's so fun to see then like at the end of the year, like as I'm able to take things off, you know, my board that yeah. happened, like, or to look back and go, oh my gosh, this is all that was accomplished. I think just that constant focus on like what those goals are, what you're going to do to reach them. And then just kind of that, that mindset. Yeah. I don't think right now with the pandemic going on, the transitions, all the uncertainty, I don't think enough business leaders are thinking about themselves. You know, I think that I love your analogy, you know, the, um, the oxygen mask dropping down. I think as a leader, we tend to go, I got to get my team set up with this, but there's so much power in just taking a little bit of time for yourself. Right. And you know, how, how, how can you take care of other people if you're in bad shape? Right. And I think also too, you know, they, you know, modeling the behavior that you want, you know, from your team as well. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm sometimes not the best at it because it's like the to-do list is always, you know, long and seems like it gets longer and longer every day. Um, but I really had to be conscious about like when I, you know, email the team and if I'm sending stuff out, you know, at six, seven, eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night, right. what message am I sending to them? And so kind of looking at trying to be you know, cognizant of that all yeah. the time is, is so important. And I think that also comes with your health too. So I, yeah. I told them about, here's what I do every morning, you know, share with them like the power of that so that they start to see like, Hey, it's okay for me to take that time or to go, you know, walk the dog in sure. the middle of the day, because I know when I come back, I'm going to have more energy and I'm going to feel better. Um, and that's, that's what we care about. So, well, you've got to, you got to look out for the welfare of your people. Right. And you're one of those people. <laughs> you know right. I mean, you know, <laughs> right. I, I think, you know, that reminds me of just any time I've been in that caregiver role. Mm -hmm. and, and you've probably experienced this even, you know, with your son, with the accident that happened. Mm -hmm. When you move into a caregiver role, one of the unique phenomenons is you stop taking care of yourself. Right. 
But if you really care about that person, you have to be in peak shape and peak mental state and in order to really take care of them. So, but yeah. you know, I was guilty as charged. I did a couple of years where I, I didn't focus on me at all, paid the price on it, mm -hmm. but I had to regroup and go, wait a minute, I got to put my own oxygen mask on. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it is, it's funny. Like I went through that as well. Like I had injured myself and, and then decided to kind of had to stop exercising for a little while. Yeah. I didn't realize it until like, you know, maybe six months down the road, like the impact it was having and having to make that switch. Like I normally am very, very, you know, motivated in the morning and I'm really good. Like between five and 7.00 AM, I can get a ton done. And I had to say, I'm going to hold on that. I'm going to work out first because yeah. I know that I'll have more energy throughout the course That's of right. the day. And that commitment to that was, was a big, you know, was a game changer. So, yeah. well, and especially right now, I think that, you know, the, the stay at home orders, the social distancing, you know, it just, curbside pickup. I mean, everybody's encouraged us to sit on the couch right now. Not, not that they're coming out and saying that, but um, this is a, I think we are in a different world right now than we've ever been in. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take a different way of thinking to get us through there. I love the idea of putting yourself first so that you can take better care of your people. Right. And I just, I love the fact that you come across so genuine and so sincere about helping your clients out. Um, I, I think that that's one thing everybody's going to get out of this today. And, and, and I'm excited about your next book. I'm excited about yeah. the cover of your first book is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> um, just genius. <laughs> you know, sometimes you see other artists work, other authors work and you're yeah. like, dang, that's a, that's a good one. Yeah. She got me <laughs> on that one. Um, but I understand where you're going with that. I think that you have a true passion for people and animals, as we now know, um, and, and I'm excited about seeing what the future holds for wild fig. I know you guys are going to do some amazing things and I'm just so grateful that you took some time to be with us today. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure. And, and especially being able to spend, uh, time with like-minded individuals that are, are just as passionate about making a difference. So thank you. I think we need to do that more often, right? We yes, need to, you <laughs> to share ideas. Cause you know, I come out of this, one of the great things about having guests like you is, I come out of this going, I got some stuff to work on. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I can be better. So thank you for that. No, thank you. And same here. So Well, Carrie, when your book is finished and ready to be purchased, I want to be one of the first to buy it, um, but also send us a link so we can keep everybody posted who heard this uh, session so they can order it too. Awesome. I will be happy to do that. Thanks again, Carrie. It was great talking to you. Great to see you. And I wish you the best of luck in this transition phase, but keep me posted on everything. I definitely will. Thanks, Eric. Have a good day. You too.